Welcome to the Restoration Counseling Podcast. Uh, it's not for therapists, it's for everybody. I'm your host, professional counselor, Jared Pogue. Uh, well, thanks for joining me today. You'll see that obviously I am on a call. Uh, I'm here to introduce uh, Micah, Micah Mabe. Uh, Micah Mabe's one of our newer therapists here at the Restoration Counseling of Atlanta. Um, Micah, I'd love for you to uh, just take a moment and tell us about yourself. Uh, give us a quick little introduction before we sort of dive in some today. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on the on the podcast, Jared. And um, for me, I am a associate professional counselor. Um, I have my degree in marriage and family therapy. And so for me, I, I love working with families and with teens. Um, that's one of my one of my niches here. And so um, I, I love love helping families and, and teens kind of come together as a unit, um, as well as teens, specifically males, dealing with any kind of male issues that this culture brings. So, so yeah, that's a whole separate podcast on that second one right there. Let me tell you, <laughs> that's that's maybe a mini series, honestly. Um, we'll, t- we'll touch base on that one a little later. Uh, Mike, where'd you get your, uh, where'd you go to school? So Richmond Graduate University, right in close, close to here in Marietta. So very nice. So, yeah. I didn't realize they were in Marietta. There we go. I thought it was technically Smyrna. Maybe it, was, it is Marietta actually, come to think about mm-hmm. it. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you learn something new every day. Okay. There you go. It's what you got to do. Uh, Micah, today we are talking about uh, teens and parenting, and we're here in a little bit going to be talking about specifically sort of what it means to parent in the time of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think before we dive into the pandemic piece, we probably got to lay at least a little bit of groundwork. Um, as you were sort of sending me some materials, and as you were sort of uh, sending me your outline, I, I couldn't help but be reminded of a quote from the Golden Girls, uh, which is the story of my life. But uh, basically, it's um, Sophia sitting with Dorothy, and they're talking about Dorothy's childhood and some of the mistakes that uh, her mom, Sophia, makes. And she said, hey, give me some credit. You weren't born with an instruction manual. It's a very good quote. Uh, It's a very good show. I can't pitch it enough. But it's a very good quote. And I think it it really sort of summarizes one of the biggest issues within parenting is kids are not born with an instruction manual. No, and I I love that quote. That's awesome. It's a a great quote. Golden Girls was very much ahead of its time. But anyways. This is not my Golden Girls fan. I love it. Golden Girls are classic. So, Micah, with that quote, with that idea sort of said in the background, I guess I'd love to hear your thoughts on the struggle of parents aren't given an instruction manual with their kids' birth. What do parents do then? Right. That's That's a great question that I know a lot of parents are asking themselves and have asked me. Um, and, and a lot of times too, when, when there's not a, a manual or kind of a step-by-step process, um, we, we revert back to our old ways. And, and what I mean by that is that one of the most powerful tools to man is those learned habits uh, that when there's something unfamiliar, and uncertain, uh, we feel really insecure. So we go to the familiar patterns. And so that is what we've learned from our parents when we grow up. And so it's like, okay, so this is what it means to be a parent. And then we kind of unaware or we just kind of out of desperation, kind of find something to help help parent our kids. Uh, And then we help, or we just so happen to bring the past that we didn't want to, or that we were unaware of into our parenting style. And then from there, we give that to our kids. And so it's kind of like, oh goodness, okay, I I don't, I feel stuck. And so um, part of that is, one of my focuses is 
kind of balancing the perspective of, okay, so what is it like to be a teen and what is it like to be a parent? And so one of the biggest facets, whether you are a teen or a parent, is just having your needs met. Um, that there's five vital kind of or concepts within these needs. Um, and so one of them is esteem and respect. And so um, esteem and respect and the fact that it's like you value what I have to say. Um, that one of the biggest ones is safety and security. So that's number two. Um, if we don't have safety, then we are constantly on guard. And so we are having, it's hard to trust anybody else if we are constantly in this survival mode compared to we can breathe and know that I'm emotionally safe and physically safe. It's, it's one thing to have a parent there physically, but if they're not there emotionally, like kind of with, with me, um, or that they just are kind of watching or they're in La La Land or anything like that, but they don't listen to me um, as if I, me being a kid, um, that if they don't listen to me, then I don't feel heard and I don't feel understood. Um, and so that's, that's the second vital need. The third one is connection and belonging, that I need to know that I'm accepted, that I'm enough, um, that I'm, I'm part of the family unit, um, and, and not only that, that I'm, I'm accepted. Um, so that's the third one. The fourth one is balance and fulfillment. Uh, and that goes hand in hand with a lot of the other needs I just mentioned. Um, but finding a balance of sometimes there's there's family dynamics where it's just chaotic, like there's just no structure, and sometimes there's too much structure. And so finding that balance of flexibility where it's what what ultimately teens are wanting from their parents is if I make a mistake, am I gonna be okay? Are you gonna help me be okay as well? Um, and ultimately finding fulfillment within that balance of just okay, so I'm in. I'm able to feel safe within my family and from my parents, and so now I'm able to explore the world. I'm able to find fulfillment from from connection, belonging, um, confidence within myself, and that goes with the fifth one of power and autonomy. Um, so I love this quote that power can do everything except love. Therefore, love is the ultimate power, mm -hmm. and so. When I think of, when I say power and autonomy, I, I love freedom of choice. That love is honoring each person's voice and being able to listen and respect their decisions. And so with autonomy, essentially it's the statement of, I have the ability to impact my life. And as parents, it's like, you are giving them the opportunity to be, or you are modeling to them as a guide of what it looks like to own your life, to live life and have you impact your life in a very, very profound way. And so that's, those are the five vital needs. And so when those aren't met, we are in survival mode, but when they are met, and it's not just, oh, we met one out of the five, it's like, we need to meet all of them. And it's not gonna be perfect. And it's not gonna, oh my goodness, if we don't meet all five, then we're not gonna have a stable relationship. No, we're not, we're not perfect, but the thing is trying to have a holistic approach to meeting each other's needs, um, if that makes sense. So. No, no, I, I'm, I'm hearing you. Uh, this is one of the things I love about talking to you is that we go from zero to 10 very quickly, and I, <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a lot to download really, really fast. So I, I, I think everything you threw out was, was, was absolutely amazing and, and very fascinating, but um, I want to review them a little bit with you. So you, one thing I'm hearing from you is, is you're saying, all right, teenagers in particular, when it comes to parents, have these five baseline needs that they need fulfilled, right? Um, as you're hearing it, I'm translating it as, as these are human needs, mm -hmm. right? These are the needs, I think, to make a, a, 
a human being, truly a human being, but mm -hmm. with very specific honoring towards someone being a teenager. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to take a moment and just sort of go back over those those big five again. Can you walk me through the, the the five needs that a parent is sort of fulfilling or helping to fulfill with to a teenager? Yeah. So with with safety and security, that is the basic building block. That is one of the fundamentals to to life in terms of needs. Um, that again, with the physical safety, that it's like I'm not going to hurt you, or as a parent, is like, I'm not going to hurt you, and not only that. Um, I'm not going to um, threaten you in any way, uh, but also emotionally, that is the biggest, one of the biggest pieces in relationships of being able to share each other's feelings because there's, there's a physical pain, but the emotional pain hits our nervous system in a completely different and deep and profound way um, of when I feel safe, um, I feel heard. And, and as a parent, being able to actively listen and what i mean by that is um so jared when you're when you're talking to me i'm repeating what you're saying is like so i hear you asking this question or i hear you saying this did i did i get that right or am i understanding that um and just kind of reflecting back and forth or i call it reflective listening um, yeah, a lot of clarifying too it sounds like in that yeah exactly or man i'm hearing a lot of fear i'm hearing a lot of sadness and and as a parent saying that to your teen and, and from there, it's like, Oh my gosh, they get me. And when that happens, they, I feel understood game changer completely, completely levels the playing field. And what I mean by it levels the playing field of we're together. Um, and not only that, I respect, I respect the fact that you are holding your power as a parent over me in a very respective way. Um, which kind of leads into that second need. No, no, this is good. This is good, right? Like, I, I'm like that you're giving some, some clarity to these. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned earlier, sort of, when we don't have a formalized plan in front of us, we kind of go with what we know. And maybe that's how our parents taught us, right? How we saw them parent, maybe our broader community, how we saw them parent, right? These old habits, mm -hmm. I think is sort of what you referred to these as. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I imagine that a lot of these we could sort of um, truncate and summarize. Could you give me maybe like a, a few sort of broad categories or labels that we might give to some different styles of parenting we might just sort of unconsciously or in an unaware sort of way fall into? Yeah. So there's about, I like to categorize them into about three styles of parenting. Um, that there's a helicopter parent that we're all pretty familiar with, but now in this generation, it's kind of the term is kind of um, eased into a lawnmower parent, where if there's a bunch of grass, you just mow one row, and so from there, there's a clear path. Uh, can you so, can you explain that to me a little bit more? I like this term lawnmower parent. I think again, I'm with you. I think people have heard the term helicopter parent, where they're kind of helicoptering really closely to their kid. They're always actively involved, right? mm -hmm. but but sort of give me more of what, how it sort of changed into what I think you're calling as lawnmower. Yeah, yeah. So how that kind of came about is with the helicopter, you're hovering around, you're, you're making sure that everything's there. You have that, like, and at night you have a flashlight on them at wherever they're going, they can't escape, right? Um, with that, that power control. With the lawnmower, it's very similar in, in almost interchangeable the only caveat to that is that you're paving away um 
and so with the helicopter, you can kind of shine, shine the light on, on where they're at and kind of guide them, but it's up to them. But with the lawnmower, it's kind of like you're going before them. Um, so you're it's doing the work for them is a lot of what I'm hearing right there, right? Yeah. You're, you're knocking over the metaphorical blades of grass that are blocking their direction. Yeah. Uh, you're all yep. but making them walk forward. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. And you said there was a few other types uh, besides the sort of a helicopter on lawn or lawnmower. Can you sort of give me a preview of some of those other types? Mm -hmm. And so the other one is the drill sergeant. And so um, within the drill sergeant, we often think of someone that's kind of um, yelling orders and, and all of that. And there's also a soft-spoken drill sergeant. And what that looks like, kind of like a, um, like a Band-Aid statement, so to speak, is um, one that just micromanages. Um, and so both of those go hand in hand, but there's orders and there's a way and it's my way or the highway and kind of like a blanket statement. Um, and then the last one is more of a consultant or the airplane parent. And so the airplane parent, um, I, I like that analogy because it kind of shows um, that if the gas is going or if that we're needing to refuel or if we're getting really, really tired, we don't have to spiral out and kind of crash and burn like a helicopter with an airplane. We can know, okay, we're running out of gas. I'm not able to keep my cool, so I'm gonna land the plane and kind of ease and find a calm place for me. And then from there, be able to, once I'm ready to get back out there, um, be able to hit the runway and kind of smoothly come back out. So um, so yeah, I love that, that analogy with the airplane, but kind of interchangeable with the consultant. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah, no, I like those. Those are those are really, really great sort of like um, expected categories of parents right there. And I'm with you, I, I do enjoy the um, idea of an airplane in that one. I think I like to think about it as a snack break parent. Get, mm -hmm. As a kid, you'd get the snack break and get the juice and things like that and refresh. Yeah, so, oh yeah. Um, it, it's fairly quickly and we could spend probably an easy hour. So we're probably not going to spend the whole hour <laughs> on this, but uh, it's it seems like there's so many combinations that you could get between yourself and your own history of, of how you were raised plus a spouse potentially and how they were raised what they think that the parenting style should be plus the kid however they come out we haven't even gotten will not be able to teach to get into all the different personality types that that any kid could come out with right plus life experiences or events that may change that right like um, the more and more you said it, the more it gets really, really confusing and overwhelming, it sounds like. Yeah. I, I imagine that'd be very difficult for parents. And, well, we're probably going to throw in one more difficulty because I don't think these difficulties are just conceptual. We're in the middle of a gigantic difficulty when it comes to parenting teams right now. We're in the middle of the COVID lockdown. Right? Yes. And yeah. where Restoration's located, we're in Georgia, so there's a little bit of lightning up going on there. But I don't imagine that everything has changed for families. I'd love to hear from you sort of what do you see or what do you feel is happening with sort of COVID going on and the parent-teen relationship? Yeah. Um, it's almost like our, our world or our snow globe has been flipped upside down and this routine and this, um, this kind of set way of life that everything was comfortable is kind of shaken up. And, and from there... Um, when it is shaken up, everything's kind of like, what is going on? And we're disoriented. Um, and then from there, like, okay, how is this going to settle? And when is this going to settle? And so there's a lot of, a lot of fear, a lot of unknown and uncertainty and uncomfortability. 
Um, and so what that, what I'm seeing and what that looks like is um, some of the families, some of the, some of the teens that I've been, been seeing, um, essentially with that routine, it kind of created a distraction. And it's like, oh, like we're just going to keep on going with the way of life. We're not going to address any of our problems or we're not going to address any of the struggles that are happening. Um, it's not always the case, but it's very common right now uh, that with quarantine, it's like, oh, we're going to be back inside the house and we're going to be together. And so what does that look like now? Um, because there's some things that we haven't addressed um, that uh, that now are coming out and we're forced to address them. And so we don't know what to do. There's no manual as well. So yeah, so that's definitely, um, I'm definitely seeing that through the virus of, of how that's affecting families and teens right now. So what do you think that parents need during this time? So there, there's a lot. Uh, <laughs> there's a, I mean, all of us, all of us with all of our needs, um, but particularly just some, some direction, um, some, some certainty um and some hope um those are some some big things as well as safety um and so kind of uh, when i say direction of okay so how do we how do we address these struggles that are or how do we address these dynamics um that are happening within our family um and so from there um okay do i do i go with my old pattern or my learned habits from my parents when that's continue on going pretty well, I think, but not anymore. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of like being in a stuck position, um, that one of the, one of the big things that, um, or three things particularly that I encourage, encourage parents is, um, and I want to throw a caveat out there that, or not caveat, but, um, I want to essentially, throw out an advertisement, so to speak, of um, that we think that yelling, we think that um, getting angry, we think that shaming or being sarcastic or defensive or uh, attacking are helpful because it's, it's almost like a, uh, a learned habit as well. Like, okay, if I do this, then my kids are going to be afraid or they're going to change immediately. And so with that, that actually creates more of a power struggle, not just power struggle, it creates unsafety. And so one of the big things that I'm telling parents um, and, and helping navigate with teens um, is being able to set limits. And what setting limits look like is not saying you need, you ought, you should. It's more pointing the finger at me saying, okay, here's what I'm going to do. And as a parent saying, okay, you know what, I'm, here's, I'm, I'm going to, I will allow you to drive the car. I'll allow you to play, provide video games. As long as it doesn't become a problem. Um, as long as I don't have to worry. And when I do, then I'm going to have to do something about that. Whether that's um, having a, having a empathetic um, consequence. And um, through that empathetic consequence, that means that you have to implement that. And so having an enforceable action. So setting, setting limits, enforceable action with an empathetic consequence. Um, and when you say empathetic consequence, uh, what does that mean? So empathetic consequence is a lot of times when, when teens are just like, mom, dad, are you kidding me? Like, no, that's not fair. That's, that is, that's bogus. Like, uh, that's not what my, my friends don't do that. My friends' parents don't make them do that. 
like, this is ridiculous. Like, I hate y'all or y'all are just stupid or uh, just kind of, kind of trying to manipulate and kind of pout in a, in a certain way. It's like, ah, I didn't get my way. Um, part of that is with love and logic. Um, what they're saying is just play brain dead. And what that means is a lot of the times we get really angry and we can't help. We can't, it's hard for us to control our emotions. And so, um, it's, it's going to be triggering. And so how do we navigate our side of the street by pointing the finger at us saying, okay, what's going on? And not only that, if we get too heated, being able to be like, you know what, I need a minute right now to be able to calm myself down and think clearly so I can address this. Um, but being able for, for as you as a parent to be able to set limits for yourself in those times. Um, but what that also, what I also mean by the empathetic response of playing brain, brain dead is just saying like an empathetic kind of noise or just very simple words. Uh, for example, like, oh man, like that must be rough or like, Oof, that's, that's tough or, oh my goodness, what are you going to do? Or, mm, man, like this. that's yeah and so that kind of creates uh in, in being able to so for me i've had to create those responses because those are congruent to me those are responses that i genuinely come from my heart they're not ones that are just kind of um kind of read off of a script but don't have my feelings behind that that they can feel that felt sense of authenticity and me being genuine um, but being able to just, mm, oh, boy, that's tough. Um, man, I, I'm just drained or man, I've been worrying so much. What are you going to do to bring this energy back into me? Um, or how are you going to repay from, from what I, for the video games? Um, or how are you going to, uh, navigate this? And so putting the consequence in their court to where they are like, Oh, what? Like, you're not getting mad at me you're on my side and as parents it's like yes like I want you to make a mistake because then some of the best teachers are not parents some of the best some of the best teachers is just the life organic consequences that happen and then parents you're not the bad guy you become the empathetic supporter that is guiding and suggesting but also staying on your side of the street and from there it creates this very connected and and um, very safe and, and also just kind of, uh, autonomous belonging, connecting, um, relationship where they're like, okay, I can trust that they're on my side. I may not like them all the time, but they're here for me and I'm not alone in my pain. Um, but not as parents, the lawnmower parents specifically, um, want to take that pain and then they're responsible. And then from there, uh, as long as my parent or as long as my my kid doesn't experience pain, then I'm okay or we're okay. Mm. And that's the best teacher is like, that's, that's bogus. That is, that's actually the opposite. And so, um, again, going back to the empathetic response, being able just to let life be the bad guy or let the life consequence be the bad guy. And then from there, you be the good guy and help them through that. No, I love that explanation. Um, gosh, like I would encourage everyone listening to rewind it and go over that again because you gave so much good material and so much uh, sort of guide in the middle of this, right? Mm. I think one of the big things you noted was maybe there is a time when the kid gives sort of a sarcastic or mean or biting response back where mm. you don't immediately blow up 
or snap back at them, but instead you walk away and it sounds like you take that opportunity to think about what's this experience like for them in their shoes, right? Mm -hmm. They love games and this is a time where their friends are on games right now. They're all playing online together. So I'm not taking away game, just taking away games to some mm. degree. I'm actually taking away social relationship to some degree. Mm. And that's hard because kids need friends mm. desperately, especially teenagers. They need friends, they need supportive friends, they need time with friends, right? Mm. And so building, it sounds like what I'm hearing you say is building in that sort of um, compassionate view, right? To the empathy. All right, mm. they're losing more than just time in front of the screen. Mm. They're, they're losing stories with friends, and we share everything through stories. Mm. And that once you've sort of connected to that empathy and obviously calmed down, you can sort of come back in and revisit that and go, you know, I know that's hard, and you're losing way more than you know, what even I'm probably aware of with them. With this. I'm mm. sorry that it does hurt, you know, but you know, this is what life is going to throw, and we have to find ways together to deal with this. And I want to help you find some mm. ways. You know, if you can't get this time in front of the game, how can you connect with them? How can I, can I drive you over there? Can we set up, you know, something online for you to do, right? Can we... Uh, the middle of COVID, so it's a bit harder to go out and do things, but maybe there are some things you can do from far away outside, right? Following the appropriate protocol. Um, I think that's kind of the crux of, of what you're saying. Uh, if I missed it or if, I, if I'm off somewhere, let me know, like, what would you add or what would you maybe change about uh, sort of my summary of like, what you just threw out there? Yeah. And to add to that, too, um, when in sometimes it's not always going to play out. It's like, man, that must be tough. Like, I know I'm taking video games away from you, or maybe um, th this consequence is not fun. And it's like, well, you hate me. And, and not only that, like, you're just a terrible parent. I don't love you. And it's like, part of that is still being able to keep your cool. And we're not perfect. So that's not going to happen all the time, but being able to give yourself grace. And um, from there, being able to give, give your teen grace from what you've given yourself um by taking care of your needs um saying this is what i'm going to do but also when that happens um being able to say i hear you and that's in not having that power struggle of arguing like well what makes you not love me or what makes you think i'm not loving you and then it's like oh like maybe i can grab onto this and i can kind of argue my way through this or even being the drill sergeant right and saying you're not allowed to say those things you're not allowed to feel those emotions you're in bigger trouble now Right, I could right. see that being just as bad, or at least a different type of bad, nevertheless. Yeah, from, from what you're pushing right there. Exactly, exactly, and that creates the unsafety again. Mm. And it's like, oh my goodness, like there's just this. What happens if it's unsafe? And so I love one of the quotes too um, that on-site workshops um, it promotes is the the repair is the repair is greater than the rip. Mm. Um, or the repair is more powerful than the rip. Um, and so being able to be able to come together and, and when we're not safe or we haven't owned our side of the street, being able to own that and be like, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm new at this parenting thing too. I'm, I'm, I don't have it all together, but I'm willing to, I'm willing to do what I can to help love you the best way I can and be here for you. Cause that's ultimately what I want. And that's my heart. Um, and then from there, having that genuine authenticity um, and vulnerability, it's just kind of like, oh, wow, they're real. I don't know what to do with this, but okay. Like, all right. I'm still mad at you, mom and dad, but at the same time, like, I'm kind of 
I need you to help set limits for me, so I'm still going to be mad, but this means a lot. Um, yeah. And so being able to do that and saying, I hear you, um, but not arguing, and then continue to argue and all this, like, I love you too much to argue. Um, and being able to say those statements are some things I would add to that. No, that's good. Michael, what would you say are some of your recommendations for parents that are just struggling right now? Um, that of teenagers and sort of the time of COVID and the lockdown, what would be some of the general guidance or things that you'd want to make them aware of? Mm. Um, one of the things is um, being able to be patient with yourself uh, that Brene Brown uses um, kind of an analogy of a, of a first time or an FFT. So um, there's a, um, there's it, it, a first time for all these things. And so it's not going to go smoothly. Um, we have to adjust. And then from there is being patient, um, but also being able to meet your needs and, and be able to call your friends asking for some advice. Um, another thing that is I, I preach to, to my families and teens um, is being able to find ways to find contribution that, as teens, they need to feel significant. They need to feel like they are contributing to something. That if you're in that parent, if you find yourself in that parenting style of um, being a lawnmower parent or a helicopter parent, there's kind of these implied messages that I'm weak, uh, or that telling to the teen that I'm weak, um, I can't fend for myself, I don't know what to do, and so uh, mom, dad, you're just gonna do it for me, so then I become dependent on you, and it becomes this hostile dependency. Uh, where the drill sergeant says, you can't have a voice and I'm not going to hear you. Um, and so you just have to follow my orders. And then from there, they're like, I've been uh, doing this for ever since for, I was born to 11 years old. And now it's like at 12, my brain's starting to develop a little bit more in a different way. And so from there, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't feel safe when you're barking orders at me. So I'm going to listen to my peers as parents, it's like, oh my goodness, then the whole world is kind of opened up and it's very scary. Um, so one of the big things is in creating that safety and that autonomy and, and that love or that freedom of choice um, is being able to find ways for, the, for your teens to find contribution, whether that's um, kind of redoing the bathroom or putting tiles up or backsplash or um, regardening your lawn or kind of redoing your gutters. Um, and, and part of that is like sometimes parents are like, I don't even know how to do the gutters, but let's, let's try it out. Let's YouTube it. Um, and allowing the team, allowing your team to be able to lead that um, and, and kind of coming together as a team. And so when, when we have contribution, we find significance because it's like, oh, I'm adding life. Um, I'm adding, um, value to to my family and so from there it's like then we have the opera as as parents you're giving your your teens an opportunity to find their gifts what they're good at what they're not as well as to feel connected and together and valued so no i, I love that's it. all very very good um as we're sort of coming to the end of our time together today i guess i, I just want to sort of wrap it up by seeing if there's um any sort of final thoughts any sort of uh thing that you want to leave us with uh, again to sort of um maybe help parents or help teenagers during this time and some of the struggles that they're facing? Mm. Um, one, of the, one of the biggest things I could tell parents is that one of the greatest teachers is not 
y'all protecting your teens from failure, but you guiding them and suggesting certain ways, um, but also letting them make mistakes because pain is one of the ultimate teachers, and which is unfortunate. And that is the hardest thing as a parent, uh, that there's not a free, easy way for, for your teen to learn responsibility um, outside of allowing them to fail. And so having this, this kind of bubble, so to speak, where they can make these mistakes and it doesn't cost them their job later on or it doesn't cost them an addiction uh, or forming an addiction um, as they're on their own or um, finding themselves in different relationships, but being able just to allow them to make mistakes and not say anything like I told you so, but more of I'm here and man, that must be tough or like, oh, oof. I feel your pain and, and be able to have that um, and let, let, let life's consequences be that guide and that teacher, which is the hardest thing um, to do as a parent is to watch your children in pain because we, we ultimately want to protect them. Um, but kind of the paradox of protecting them is letting them get hurt um, in a, in a or set in a boundary way to where they're not alone and they're hurt. Um, and so that would be one of my biggest, biggest um, kind of touching points next to or outside of that of um, finding ways to help each other contribute by making meals and um, by doing things together. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. I especially love the idea of um, not hurting alone. I think that's very beautiful. Um, well, Micah, that's about what we have time for today. I want to thank you for joining us today. Um, yeah. My pleasure. Gosh, I, I wish I'd had a notepad next to me to write most of this stuff down. Thankfully, it's recorded. Um, but uh, you've given a wealth of information. Um, mm. So thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Jared.